0: The World Series slate is set in Major League Baseball. Nothing circles the wagons quite like the National Football League. College football is evening out. And in the NBA, our favorite team has been the early main storyline and for nothing but poor reasons, which is something we could get into as well, talking about our Los Angeles Lakers. But fortunately for us as baseball fans, it's that time of the year where we can focus in on the fall classic Philadelphia Phillies will play the Houston Astros to see who wins that championship. Philly, obviously hungry, ravenous, trying to get another championship for the first time since 2008, when they beat my New York Yankees the next year, a little revenge tour for the Yankees. Thankfully, their last world series championship which we'll get into Houston, a juggernaut across baseball. As we know, a juggernaut in the American league seemingly can write their ticket into the ALCS season after season. And they're trying to put the finishing touches on that. The storyline being, of course, Dusty Baker, their manager, elusive. A world series title has been for Sir Dusty. He's trying to put that on his resume. Bryce Harper, of course, the chosen one now has an opportunity to get his after his nationals decided to wait till he left to win a championship so there are storylines abound as there always is with the postseason rants are to come with uh, one of the losers in particular in the American League but before getting into that your quick thoughts on this World Series how you might think it played out how it is for Major League Baseball that these two teams made it to the end and should be in for an exciting fall classic thankfully when things get kicked off this weekend
1: great to be with you again after a week off you know as we sat through your misery last week. Mine was even before that, you know, with your Yankees going down in four. But Houston, thoroughly expected, so no surprise there. But I am, I have to say, in awe of what their pitching has been that I've watched so far in the number of arms they roll out and the fact that they didn't even use two of their starters. And I'm not just – I'm not knocking the Yankees. But we, don't, we didn't even see, you know, Garcia and Urquidy in that series. And they're dominant. And they don't have a left-handed guy in the bullpen. And they don't care. They bring these right-handed bombers out of the pen, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I said in the regular season that I thought their Achilles heel would be the back end of the bullpen. And the fact that Presley always buckles in Yankee Stadium. He came back the next night. In that series and closed and he's been terrific ever since but the arms they bring up this kid abreu who throws a 98 to 100 and they could have left him in for another inning of that boom they pulled him after an inning i maybe sometimes you know sometimes these guys go a second inning and you see you know the uh the marks start to show uh the warts start to show excuse me but the way Dusty has run his pitching has been remarkably efficient. And every one of those guys he's called on has done the job. Even McCullers outing, and you could tell he wanted to get innings out of McCullers. He could have taken McCullers out of that game against the Yankees a lot earlier. He didn't. You know, You could tell he's got confidence in him because he's got the postseason experience. McCullers struggled a little bit early. He righted himself. Got back in. They got back in the game with the painting home run, you know. And then they did what they always do. They found a way with various guys in the lineup to get the job done, and their bullpen finished the game. The Astros are no surprise. I thought they were the odds-on favorite in the American League. I didn't think anybody was nearly as good as them. And I really think the Yankees, in their defense, not that it's at all defensible, but they were a much different team without Tende. and. You know, without Lemayhew, because if the way the Yankees evolved at the end of the season, it, Donaldson was, wasn't even playable. He was an automatic. He couldn't put the ball in play against the Astros' starting staff and relief right? relief core. He was useless from the offensive end. And you had to play the big guy in left field, and he was fine. He didn't hurt you defensively. But you're intended, you miss another contact guy, you miss another left-handed bat. So they really didn't have anything you would hope to have from the left side at the top of the order in terms of the table setter. So they put Bader up there and he did a great job. To the ball in the ballpark left and right. He's on base all the time. Maybe that'll be something to think about for them for next year to put Bader at the top of the lineup instead of at the bottom of the lineup. Because when he puts the ball in play, he can do damage. And I like him at the top of the lineup because of his speed and his athleticism and the havoc he causes on the base. But we'll see, that's for next year. But without those two guys, I didn't think they were nearly as good a team. You could have had LeMayu playing and Donaldson on the bench. That hurts you. You could have had the additional outfield help of Ben That hurts you. And your pen suffered badly from a rash of injuries once the second half of the season hit because you were using guys I thought a lot more than there was to being used. And their arms fell off. All that notwithstanding, Houston's far and away the best team in the American League. And it's not close. They have the deepest, most versatile lineup. And they have the best rotation in terms of depth and quality. And they have the best bullpen in terms of depth and quality. I know none of them are left-handed. But in terms of the number of arms and the quality of the arms, it's theirs and everybody else's. On the other end, from the senior circuit, I'm shocked the Phillies are there. Totally shocked. Despite the fact they have the two top starters, in Wheeler, who I love, and Nola, who I like. But, you know, he got bombed against San Diego. They knocked him out of the ball game, you know, in game you know in in game two, and that it looked like it was going to be a series. Their big guys are hitting. When their big guys hit, when Harper hits, and when Real Muto, who I like a lot and I think is a really good player, hits. When Hoskins, who I don't like, because I really think he's an all or nothing guy and stinks defensively, hits, and the big guy at the top of the lineup. Who was you know two fourteen but leads the league in homers hits? It, it it's a tough lineup because they got a lot of guys that can take you deep. You throw in you know the couple guys who you know get knocks here and there, and you throw in you know Alec Boehm to get a couple big hits, Gene Gene the Hit Machine Segura, so you know they can do damage. Do I think they have a shot in this series? Absolutely not. You know I I think it's Phillies in five, and I hope it's, excuse me, I think I think it's Astros in five. I hope it isn't because series ends soon. That means no more baseball. This has been bad enough as it is with no baseball because the two CSs ended early. Obviously, the game one set up for Friday because of TV. So we've had to wait all week with no baseball. I don't know how much interest there will be nationally. The fact that a, a Northeast team in, is in it helps because obviously that's a big market. How much New York will be interested? I don't know. Mets fans out. Yankees fans out. I don't know how much interest they will have. Astros fans are loyal. They'll have a big following, but is there going to be a following. Are, are the California TV is going to be tuned to this series. I have no way of knowing. I don't think it's going to be a highly rated series, though. I'm, I'm pumped for it because I want to watch baseball. And you have a, a terrific team and a team that is playing much better than I thought they were going to play. They still can't catch it. They're horrid defensively. They're a little better than they were. But their pen is spotty. After their first two starters, it's catch as catch can. I'm thinking that it's the Astros to lose. Uh, I'm hoping that it's finally going to be Dusty's time. Because he's not managing against my team. So I don't have to worry about that. He's always been one of the coolest guys in baseball. From the time he was a player, Dusty was cool. He's always been cool. Dusty will be 90 and he'll be cool. It's as simple as that. So he has managed more games than any manager uh, since 1903 without having a World Series title. He passed Gene Mock, who was the leader for a long time. Uh, So is is it managed more games or won more games? I think he's won more games than any manager without winning a World Series. Since that time, I think Gene Mock was second with over 1,900.
0: Yeah, he's over 2,000, uh, Dusty. He's over 2,000.
1: And it's wins, correct? Not, yeah. not games? Right. Right. Dusty, Gene Mock was the leader forever. And Dusty, fi- and Dusty finally passed him. And it, 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 at times, you could see why he's, he's in prior series and post-game, excuse me, uh post-season series. You question some of his moves. Uh, but he's made all the right moves with the Astros. And he was the perfect guy to stabilize this franchise after the cheating scandal. This is the second World Series he's taken them to now. So that building, which is normally a huge advantage for them, hasn't been. Now, I don't think it matters to me because they're a superior team to the Phillies. And superior in every way. Uh, The only warts that have shown for the Astros so far is two of their best offensive players haven't been. Obviously, Altuve's been hideous. He's having an awful postseason. He got a few knocks finally against the Yankees with one, one, but hit ball, a couple of bloops. And the other guy is a player that I love, and I think he will have to hit in this series. And that's Tucker, who is you know, a, a terrific player in terms of, he does everything. He, he, he hits for average and power, runs, throws, uh, steals bases, does everything, but he is not hit at all. Uh, against the Yankees, he looked horrible. Didn't have, a, I didn't see one at, at bat where he scored a ball up. So guys on base didn't do anything. Bases loaded double plays, uh, tap outs, strikeouts. It didn't look like the same player that he was during the regular season. He's going to have to hit some in the postseason. Uh, you got to avoid the big guys beating you. You got to avoid the big guys beating you. You can't let Harper beat you with a bomb. And you can pitch to the other guys. You can pitch to Haskins. All right? Hoskins, excuse me. Uh, you can pitch to Schwarber. You got to be careful with Harper because when he's hot, he's, you, there's really no place you can pitch him you, you just, you don't pitch to him, but I, but I, I like the Astros. Yeah, I'm not, I'm never going to give you six, all right? Astros and five.
0: I'm with you. And I'm with that reasoning too. I don't like the sweep, but I don't like the six. Just Give them a game. Gentlemen's win as one does in sports. But on paper, and from what we've seen consistency-wise, Houston Astros are, are it. In a way, they're everything that the Yankees used to be, before we get a little bit farther into that. They've built they've up been, a great farm system. they filled they've the holes inf- that were left open.
1: Four World Series now in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22,
0: 23, seven years. It's pretty impressive. Six straight trips to the ALCS. Yep. Oh, this guy left, that guy left, somebody else slides in. Rookies, trades, doesn't make a difference. Strong bullpen, strong pitching in general. A lineup, one through nine, that if the top half's not doing anything, the bottom half carries it and vice versa. The Phillies, as a team, team name aside... What they did on this run is what you love about postseason baseball, getting hot at the right time, historic moments for franchises, memorable moments for franchises, that Bryce Harper home run that ended up sending them to the World Series will never be forgotten in Philly and a moment that baseball fans won't forget because of his career and circumstances and how calm, cool and collected he was after like, yeah, I do this. The run that they're having is what you love about this because if you get hot at the right time, you could upset some people. You beat who's in front of you. You win some close games. You get a little lucky here and there, but just them going to the mat down for nothing against San Diego in that offense immediately respond and cut the lead in half immediately tying the game. They go back up six, four, you score and take the lead the next inning. You don't even wait around. What their offense did in response to deficits and momentum, home or away, all NLCS has been short of impressive. Now, unfortunately for them and potentially the Astros and teams in general, so it goes with the postseason, you get these days off now, what's the offense and the pitching going to look like when we all come back to start the World Series? Pitching will be happy because they can obviously get their starters where they want, but the bullpen guys want to get back out there. You got to tell me that Phillies offense is pissed that they had to sit for as long as they have after what they were doing at the plate. Loved being out there. Tell me we got to sit. You sure we can't play tomorrow? When
1: you're
0: you're hot with the bat, the
1: last thing you want is
0: a day off. Absolutely.
1: You don't, you don't, you, you don't even want a night off. Uh, Play too. <laughs> you just want to keep hitting because there's it's the hardest thing in sports to do. So when you got it rolling, can't wait to get to the ballpark the next day. Can't wait to get to the ballpark the next night. Can't wait to get the bat in your hands. Can't wait to see the can't wait to see the next pitch because you know that it, it ain't easy. It is far and away the hardest thing in all the sports to do, and they've had a break. Uh, I don't think I'll hurt the Astros because they haven't hit that much. Here's what it does help, obviously, in terms of the Phillies, they're as you said, that they get to have their best two lined up to go four games. And look, when you gotta win four out of seven, if you can have your two best starters each go twice, that works. Do the math. Uh, two and two is four, and that's how many you need to win. That means those guys gotta win those games, but that's what you rely on your big guys to do. So they of course they have a shot but and remember Justin Verlander has been nothing short of disappointing in the World Series he's only six he's never won a World Series game so we'll see how he does going for his first win of his career in the Fall Classic tomorrow night his numbers are not good they're good in the postseason overall they're just awful in the World Series in 2006 against the Cardinals 2012 you know against the Giants uh and then since he's been with the Astros they, they have not been good so he'll get his i don't say second chance he'll get another chance at getting on the board uh in you know the W column for his World Series uh postseason statistics and they've got so much depth in that staff they're all well rested and they've played so few games in this, they're all well rested so it's not going to affect the Astros pitching in any one or form. I don't think and the Astros aren't going to get cold offensively because they've already been cold offensively some of their guys haven't hit at all now Bregman was in his own you could tell against your team they couldn't get him out he was squaring up balls you wonder if that can continue because it's hard to, to have that kind of you know, continued excellence, they couldn't get him out in big spots. He was falling off tough pitches. And when he eventually got a pitch to hit, he wasn't missing it. He'd make outs, but they were all good outs. You could tell he had good swings, clean contact. And when he goes well, they never lose. Bregman is like, he's not the straw that stirs the drink, but he's, he's that kind of, he's that factor. He's the factor. When Bregman is swinging it well, the Astros are almost unbeatable because he's that complimentary piece that literally makes everybody better because you can't pitch around anybody because he's there. Because if he comes up with guys on base and you pitch around somebody to get to him and he's rolling, you're dead. And he's the kind of hitter that, because of his versatility and his style, he can do damage no matter what. He doesn't need a particular kind of ballpark. He hits to all fields. He's mostly a line drive hitter. And he can stay inside of balls. He can put the ball in play. The only time you get him is you know when you get him chasing for the breaking ball. Uh, other than that, if he's not chasing that, which he has not been, he didn't chase against the Yankees uh, last year. He chased a little bit. He had the bad hand. He's a hundred percent this season, and he's really had you know a hot second half. Uh, when he goes, they are very very difficult to beat, and obviously the big guy who crushed it in the first series, didn't do a lot against the Yankees, you know, came back in in, in the last game and had some knocks. Um, Will will the Phillies right-handed starters be able to deal with him? That's going to be a big factor to me as well. And, you know, Tucker again from the left side, is he going to play, you'll be able to apply some pop from the left side against the two big right-handers.
0: We're in agreement. We're leaning Houston. Now we've been horrible with our picks for the postseason. In Major League Baseball, so as always, fade accordingly. The money's on your side if you take the Phillies. But just looking at what Houston's done on paper and off, as we've mentioned, it's hard not to think that they're going to be able to win this World Series. Now, for the team that they beat and the drama that ensued afterward and continues to simmer a little bit now this week, post-mortem, the New York Yankees, who needed to play a perfect postseason to even think about beating the Houston Astros. There's been injuries. There's been toss-ups at who's playing where in the most important games of the season. Nobody's feeling sorry for them because all teams deal with this, especially come postseason season time. Yeah, there's going to be injuries. Some guys are going to struggle. The best teams find a way to navigate themselves through that. First game of the series against Verlander, he wasn't great early. They didn't take advantage. They decided to go to Clark Schmidt. In the game's highest and most intense moment, he did not deliver. Verlander ended up what I believe 11 Ks. There's one for the Astros, four two. Next night, Bregman, as you mentioned, hottest hitter at baseball in the postseason. Next to Harper, three run homer, a bad pitch from Severino. The final score three two because the Yankees can't hit their way out of a paper bag. Five nothing game three. Garrett Cole down two nothing, bases loaded sixth inning. Do we stick with our guy at 95 pitches? Are we going to have him go down with the ship? Are we going to bring in Luis Trevino to be the guy that's going to be the savior to get out of this jam and get three outs? He was not, Al. If you can imagine that, he was not. 5 nothing 6-5 game four. Finally, some runs were scored. Harrison Bader, as you mentioned, has been a godsend from your St. Louis Cardinals in the field and at the plate. Who knew we were getting a Babe Ruth power hitter when he came over from the, from the Cardinals, just phenomenal. Any spot in the lineup, he was hot. He produced, but unfortunately when the hitting did somewhat do something, much like the Phillies being able to answer the Padres, the Astros did the exact same thing. It's three, nothing in the second, they score four runs in the third. They're down going into the seventh. They score two runs, take a 6-5 lead. That's it. I mean, it was everything that went wrong for the Yankees, Houston took advantage of. And the Astros didn't make anywhere close to the mistakes that the Yankees ended up making, whether that was in the field or with pitching decisions or with lineup decisions or with not being able to even put the bat on the ball. As I mentioned, they had to play a perfect postseason to even have a shot against the Astros. But part of you thinks at some point in some games they would have been able to do that. String a couple wins together and make yourself look somewhat presentable. The icing on the cake, heading into game four, news breaks that the mind coach that the Yankees have on staff and have for, I think, since the 2009 World Series decided to put this little highlight tape together to motivate the guys. They're down 3-0. As everyone in baseball knows, only one team has come back from that deficit. And to no surprise, it was also done against the New York Yankees. So to motivate the team, some genius thought it was a good idea to put a highlight reel together of the Red Sox comeback against the New York Yankees in 2004 to beat them four games to three. Who, in their right mind, signed off on this? And then who leaked it to the press? Then it comes out that Eduardo Perez is in Aaron Boone's office. He FaceTimes with Big Poppy so he could talk to Aaron Boone and some of the players about what he did to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Yeah, guys, no pressure. Just simply go out and get a game-winning hit against the best closer in baseball in less than a 24-hour period to win two games. Should be pretty easy for y'all. Why would you want to watch the worst loss, one of the worst losses, collapses in franchise history as motivation to then go out there and not do that? Some of the older players are getting text messages from Michael Kay and John Flaherty. They're texting back, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, man. What the hell are they doing? So now the Yankees are left with the exact same questions and disappointments and anger and who knows about the futures as they have been for the past, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, 13 years, 2017, the baby bombers. This was it. This was the future. Look how far we got in 2017 with these guys, they're going to be our core. And then 2019 comes heartbreak, obviously losing in that postseason. but man alive, look at what we have on our hands. Look what we'll be able to do. And now we're at the point where you just expect disappointment with the decision makers of the New York Yankees from the top at Hal Steinbrenner, not want to spend any of his money from Brian Cashman being oblivious to what works and what doesn't work in 2022 baseball, to who he has around helping him in his nerd room with all the different analytics and all that nonsense that seemingly runs the team, to Aaron Boone as the manager, who hasn't done a damn thing since he's taken over as the skipper for the New York Yankees, to whatever the lineups are that the random lineup generator just spits out day after day. We're in the most important games of the season in the ALCS and you have no idea who's playing shortstop. You have no idea who's batting leadoff. You have no idea who's hitting where in the middle of the lineup. You put all the dogs at the bottom of the order and hope for the best. And you roll out Josh Donaldson's corpse so he could strike out three fucking times. And at the end of it all, the rumors are already swirling that Hal's good with Aaron Boone. He'll probably be fine with Brian Cashman and the excuse train will keep chugging along 161st and Broadway about, well, we were one of the four best teams in Major League Baseball, Al. We were right there on the precipice of the World Series. And we were riddled with injuries. That kind of stuff you can't prepare for. And that's what derailed the season. But we're ready to run it back because of what we were able to do and where we got to in the playoffs. Again. Look how great we are. We're always in the postseason. Look at our numbers. Look how great things are going for the New York Yankees. And then you get reports from Mr. Martino out of the post, or I don't even know, covered the Yankees, until he started spewing this nonsense online about some of the players talking to their agents. Oh, they're not too happy with how the fans reacted, Al. They didn't like getting booed. They couldn't believe the fans booed Aaron Judge. There was a lot of pressure being on the Yankees. Andy Martino of SNY throwing out these unnamed sources and these just throwaway lines to agents as they were leaving the clubhouse. They didn't like how things ended with the fans. They couldn't believe it. They were aghast. Yeah. Imagine getting booed for playing like shit. Couldn't be me. Why don't you go out and win? Why don't you go out and show something of yourself? Have some pride. There's interviews that are getting circulated around of George Steinbrenner from the old days on like 60 Minutes, and he's talking about, you show me a good loser, and I'll just show you a loser. You know, clearly he didn't have pictures of his kids on his desk because he would have had a fucking look at one every day. Jeter saying, The most important thing was winning. That's it. And they keep pressing. I'm like, hey, well, you got to the World Series in this year and that year. Isn't that better than just not making the postseason? No, because we didn't win. There is nothing else besides that. And they asked him, what did you think about the team getting shown the 4 Yankees Red Sox ALCS highlight reel? He's like, that loss still haunts me to this day. Why would they show it to the team? People always joke about jumping on the Yankees bandwagon and you're a front-running fan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Who the hell would want to put themselves through this? The Yankees won 5 championships before I turned 10 years old. In 22 years, soon to be 23 since then, they've won 1. Does that sound selfish? Absolutely it does. Do I sound like a maniac being disappointed that they've only won one World Series in the last 13 years when whole franchises haven't even sniffed the postseason? Absolutely. But we're assholes when it comes to that. We're greedy. And to not even come close to getting to that destination, not even getting to the World Series because of the same old nonsense, it starts to wear on you a little bit. You end up booing some of your guys. You end up ripping Brian Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, and wonder how would they want to come to work every day knowing that most of the city hates them. I don't understand it. So the disappointing part is the same story is going to repeat itself next season. Nothing's going to change. They might move a couple guys around, but the sky is starting to fall. Aaron Judge, why would you want to come back? They're going to pay you more money than you could have even dreamed of this whole season despite it in 62 home runs. You want to come back and get booed? (laughs) You want to play for this front office? That doesn't give a shit about winning. They care about their money and their analytics. That's who you want to play for? Doesn't make sense to me. The bottom line of it all is the frustration that Yankees fans are feeling is a frustration that's just been building for the past five, six, seven years now. And I said it earlier in the show, the most frustrating part is that your newest postseason rival has evolved from the Red Sox to the Houston Astros because of the cheating scandal and rumors in 2017, what happened again in 2019 with Jose Altuve and The Wire and Chapman, etc. And because they're who you used to be, because the millennials and up of Yankees fans know that the Yankees were the Houston Astros. And it pisses them off that they're getting beaten by at their own game. I get it. It makes a ton of sense. That's who you were. This is who you are now. And that's what's beaten you year after year after year. We're basically like how the Atlanta Braves were in the nineties, just successful winning divisions, turning heads Postseason comes around and it all comes crashing to a halt by whom the Yankees. It's frustrating, Al. I know it sounds stupid for common sports fans and those of franchises that have not had successful goes and runs as fans and would kill just for one World Series appearance, not even to win it. But it's a little bit different when it's the New York Yankees. For good or for bad, that's where it stands. And it was another frustrating end to the season with the same stupid mistakes that have just become commonplace instead of things that are going to get fixed the next season. I don't know what other sport. We love NFL football. We love college football. When things go sour for a team, especially in college football, they're looking to get rid of the coach on Sunday. Texas AM m fans want Jimbo Fisher out of town. They owe him $95 million. They'll just put a GoFundMe up on the booster site. They'll have the money by the end of the game. He'll get fired in the end zone if he loses another one. They don't care. Get him out of Dodge. Your NFL coach sucks. Get him out of Dodge. Things aren't going good in the NBA. After a little while, he's gone. We're not tanking anymore. We got to get rid of these guys. There's just a turnover that you see in these other sports. Not with the Yankees. He's been our GM since 95. Eh, keep him around. This manager can't manage Eh, keep them around. And you got the Houston Astros bringing in Dusty Baker. You got the Mets bringing in Buck Showalter. You got the Rangers going back to the Bruce Bochy. Old school. Old school. Old school dudes. They don't give a shit about your analytics. They're not calling the GM in between innings to see who they should bring out of the bullpen for three batters. They know how to manage. They got feel. They've got guts. They've got passion. And this fucker doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. Anyway, it's been a quite the week uh, and it's I, been quite the build. I let you go. I let you. Vent. Yeah, we're going and through I the five stages and we're going to understand okay. all of it. I was
1: miffed at the constant movement of the lineup with no understanding of who to put where and no. Now I understand some of it. you had to fly by the seat of your pants because you didn't have a couple of your guys, but you didn't have those guys for a while. So. You know, you would hope you had things figured out a little sooner as to how you're going to structure your lineup. Now, you do have some holes in your lineup no matter what. Donaldson can't hit. You relied on Matt Carpenter coming back after not being on the field for, what, two months? And his first eight at-bats, he goes 0-for-8 with eight strikeouts. So I thought that was a bit iffy. I could not believe that he took Cole out of that game with everything on the line. And I couldn't believe who we went to. I could not believe he went to the cat from Oakland. I figured if you're gonna to go to anybody, you're gonna to go to Lelezica who could strike somebody out with that nasty hundred mile an hour sinker of his or get you a ground ball. I couldn't believe who we went to. And it did not surprise me in the least. Um that that's what transponed after that. Because I didn't think there's any way he was getting out of that jam. No shot. And look, you know, he gave up the two-run shot early off the Bader. By the way, did you blame Bader for that drop? Or did you blame Judge? Or both?
0: To be honest, I don't think Bader needed to be over there. I thought that was Judge's ball. No. I know he's got the mindset and it's the right one as a center fielder. If I can get to it, it's mine. But right off the bat, when it was hit, I thought, Well, Aaron Judge has it. He plays yeah, the out there problem the time. there
1: the problem there is they're both playing the style they're accustomed to playing. Right. Judge is accustomed to going and get whatever he can get from right field right. and Bayer's accustomed to going to get whatever he can get in any direction
0: because he can. And disappointing uh, part of it was it was right in his glove, man. <laughs> That's, yep. that's the hard you, part. Hit the you glove. Could see, you,
1: know? you could see his eyes glance up yep. a little bit. Um, and just enough for it to not get go squarely in his glove. And stick. Um, and that hurt. You know, and then Cole looks out him and does a good job. says, I got you. And unfortunately, he gets bit by a Yankee Stadium home run. You know, a line drive that's not a home run probably anywhere else. He said, well, it might have been a double somewhere, you know. Um, unless you can get back to get it, but the ball was the ball was hit very hard. It was a line drive, and it made it over, you know, a short distance uh, in terms of the length of a home run over a short wall. So uh, you get bit by your own stadium. The whining about the roof being open or closed in Houston is just too much to bear. Could you it's imagine? Too much, just too much to bear. Could too much you to bear. There would have been, uh, it would have been a home run. Well, yeah, it would have been a home run Yankee Steve. You know How many home runs Yankee would we'll be home anywhere Just ridiculous. But, but the move he made to take Cole out and put that dude in, of all guys, I thought was very questionable. I'm going to be kind. Very questionable. I think he is a mediocre manager. That's the best way I'll put it. I think he's a good guy. Uh, he was really good in the booth. And I think he's a mediocre manager. It's as simple as that. Yeah. That's it. And that's all. Uh, I think it's hard to win a title with a mediocre manager. Tired to win repeated titles with mediocre managers, and I think he's mediocre. But again, they've got issues that they have to take care of. You know, who's going to play shortstop? Are you going to give the job? Are you going to let one of the rookie phenoms win the job? The guys you don't want to trade, the guys you can't put in any trade package. You know, it was one of those guys. Going to, is Volpe ever? We to see Volpe? You know. You make it sound like the guy can leave small building, leave tall buildings in a single bound. We haven't seen him yet. The other two guys we saw a little bit, you know, the two Oswaldos. Uh, one doesn't look like much of a shortstop. The other didn't look like much of a None of them hit. Uh, I, I, I just, you know, when are you going to decide what you do at shortstop? When are you going to make that decision? Because you got to have a shortstop. And it ain't Connor Filippa. Uh, who showed that he is, you know, he's uh, not hes not a, a big-time player.
0: You mean it's not the guy that played third base, won a gold glove at third base, and they said, no, it'll be fine, we'll put him at shortstop. Yeah, no, it, and the, he's not, not the guy that was, Brian Cashman Aaron Boone said is one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball multiple times all no, season, no, despite the statistics saying no. Not, not even close. Oh, okay.
1: Mediocre, Mediocre shortstop at best. Right. and terrible in the postseason. Didn't look good in the postseason. His arm looked shot. And I don't know why that was the case, but a lot of spotty throws and glove inconsistent.
0: And he was I, like I the, just... the coach's son with the brand new equipment. You know, he's got the wristband and the armband and the everything top notch. And he gets to play shortstop because he's the coach's son in Little League, and he's not a shortstop but you have to suck it up and watch it happen because the coach is his dad and that's who's playing shortstop. The stubbornness of the Yankees to spend an entire season and then postseason refusing to admit they made the wrong choice at shortstop and they had better options was a ton of free agents. They could have signed. They didn't.
1: And they had, you know, decisions to make. They chose not to spend on a shortstop Uh, or if they tried, One decided not to come, but the point is that's what they went with. They got off to a great start and then slowly but surely the warts started to show and now they've got decisions they have to make because their left side is a mess. Who's going to play third base next year? You got Josh Donaldson's contract you have to carry. What are you going to do with him? Who is going to play shortstop? Is it going to be Volpe? Is he going to get the job or are you going to go out on the market and get a shortstop? They have to decide on something like that. And Cause you can't win with that left side with, with those two guys in the left side. You know, you have to make a determination on what you're going to do as to who the, uh, the guys are going to be in terms of the left side, because it's vitally important. And next year, you know, remember the infield defense changes dramatically because you're not going to have the shift anymore. So your infield defense is going to be far more—it's as important enough as it is, but it's going to be far more important than ever before. These guys are going to have to field on their own; they're not going to have any help over there, and that's vital. What are they doing in the what are they doing in left field? And obviously, you have the elephant in the room, and that's—are you able to bring Aaron Judge back? The Giants have said they will not be outbid. They will not be outbid for Aaron Judge. Will not be outbid. That's where he's from. He went to Fresno State. So the question becomes: Are you going to be able to keep Aaron Judge? Are you going to be able to keep Aaron Judge? Are you willing to outspend everyone for Aaron Judge? I ask you that.
0: I think the answer is no. <laughs> from what because we've seen with Al Steinbrenner, the answer no. The
1: Giants say they won't be outbid. I don't. I, I'd be shocked if Steve Cohen. I still say Steve Cohen's going to be the highest bidder. Absolutely. The Giants are going to have to outbid, not the Yankees, Steve Cohen, because I believe Steve Cohen will do everything he possibly can. Steve Cohen will lose Jacob DeGrom if he can get
0: Judge. Yeah, and he'll love it. Steve Cohen loves this shit. He loves spending his money. He loves joking about how much money he has. He's what you would want in an owner. He doesn't care. He's but got he's the Bobby right a- people around him. It'll spend whatever you want. Is he going to let us win? A- he's,
1: yes. He's Bobby Axelrod. He doesn't care about a luxury tax. That's exactly right. Couldn't be <laughs> you know, bothered did, with it. We, we, we pitched okay in the pool. We didn't hit. Okay, give me this guy. I put him in right field every day. move Marte to left field. We're fine. You know? Uh,
0: Meanwhile, I, I the said, team you, across the river is getting stopgap players so they don't have to worry about luxury tax, et cetera. And you get numbers that people throw out on Twitter, and unfortunately they're terrible reminders of decisions of lore and of the past where the money that Donaldson and IKF are making is more than what it was to have paid Bryce Harper, who once said that he would even play first base for the Yankees to come to New York, and Brian Cashman said, we're not interested. Because Hal Steinbrenner probably told him, that's too much. Great!
1: Would have been that Would have been that left-handed bat that the Cardinals haven't had in forever.
0: Why would they Uh, want a left-handed power hitter in Yankee stadium Alan? It seems silly. So they've got a number
1: of problems. They've got to fix uh, along with the bullpen, because you know, when those guys go down with our missions, you don't know when they'll be back. So they've got to fix the bullpen and they've got holes. They've got to fill on the field. You know, Rizzo coming back, he's got a sixteen million option. He'll get more than that on the market. So they're going to try and bring him back when he opts out or before he opts out second base is covered shortstop and third base are question are you going to sign a short you sign Trey Turner wants to come back to the East Coast if you sign Trey Turner then you know you might as well move your prospects whether it's Volpe or you know, name the you know, name the Oswaldo whatever the case may be you know once you sign Trey Turner that means that's his job for the next half dozen years so there's no need for the shortstop prospects. What do you do with third base? You can't move that contract. What do you do with him? Thank you, guys. him. be great if we trade Stanton. Who's going to pay Stanton? I love him, but he performs when he plays, but he's, he gets her lot. And I think he hit two, what, what did he hit this year? 225? 230? He plays a decent outfield when he plays, but do you really want him as an everyday outfield? Yes, you got the DH, but... I'm not going to pay a DH that kind of money. No shot. So they got contracts that they can't move, they can't deal, and they're a lot of money. Now, granted, Donaldson's, I believe, only another year, but Stan's still got a few more years on it. And they got needs. They got needs. Uh, Starting pitching's okay, but you've got holes that need to be filled. And you've got to figure out how you want to fill them. Do you want to use your prospects as trade bait? Do you want to give your prospects a chance? Do you want to go out with a blank check? Probably not. If you lose judge, what do you do? Because then you got another big hole. you, know, you still got the, the off injured outfielder's contract you're still carrying. They had a first half of the season... That was otherworldly, and to me, hard to believe. A lot of comeback wins, and they had guys coming out of the bullpen left and right, some of which you never heard of, who you couldn't say, And I was like, I was like, who are these guys? Who are these guys coming out through 100 miles? And nobody did. Have any of these guys, and their arms fell off. Yeah, Bottom line, quite literally, they weren't, to, they weren't used to that kind of usage. So slowly but surely, one after one, they went, they all went down. And with your closer you know, gone to parts unknown, literally your bullpen wound up being a train wreck.
0: There were times in this show, Al, in the first half where we had to at least comment on people saying that this team could be better than the 114 win team in 98 than the (sighs) 27 Yankees. They were on the road to history and getting to the world
1: series would have been a failure. People just, you know, they get something in their head. It's always, it's always heat of the moment.
0: And we were saying with whom nobody's good on this team. Top to bottom. They got a couple great players. Yeah. But who Trevino Torres, IKF, they're going to be the 1927 Yankees, Aaron Hicks. Jesus, man, just read the room for a second and have some logic to your life. It's hard to win in baseball for a whole season, and they're going to be setting records. Oh, my God. It's one we should have known. Well, people did. A lot of
1: people knew. You're never, you know the old saying, you're never as great as you are. You're never as good as you are when you're playing great and never as bad as you are when you're playing poorly. And I never thought they were great. I didn't think they were nearly as good as the Astros. I thought they'd compete. I think they had swept. But when you look at the end of the day, what they were sending out there and some of the struggling players that were going out there, you know, especially Donaldson, uh, they had no offense from behind the plate, but I can't knock him. He had a terrific year and he had some big hits and he's, he's a very good catcher. Um, they got nothing you know, offensively from the Whoever was playing shortstop, uh, Veteran or rookie. And in the postseason, the only outfielder they really got anything out of was Pater.
0: No question. He was a star.
1: Judge didn't hit.
0: Nope.
1: Uh, Stanton didn't hit. Whoever was playing out there, picks, name that as Waldo, whatever, didn't hit.
0: And... Rizzo didn't really hit overall. Rizzo gives you... A quality at bat every time. You feel good about having him at the plate. There's no question. Yes, you it. do. Yes, you do. He's tough to get out. It's tough to get out.
1: Every time he's up there, you know, you know he's going to put the ball in play, and he's going to battle, and he'll get hit. He'll take one in the ribs. He'll take one in the leg. He's right on top of the fucking plate. His hands are in the strike zone for Christ's sakes. So when you pitch him inside, you risk hitting him. But something—that's the way you got to pitch him. I I. You know, I I throw the ball at his hands every time if I'm on the mound, right? Uh, And if he doesn't get out of the way, it's going to hit him. It's going to hit him literally in the hands, and I'll break his finger. But that's that's too fucking bad. You know, you got to take some of the plate back. So you have nothing to complain about with him. plays a dying white first base, and yeah, your defense comes back to bite you on a double play ball that was a routine double play that was thrown away by guys who, you know, I mean, it it was a it was a bad toss. It wasn't awful. Connor Filippa came across the bag way too hard and way too early, so he wasn't in position to make the play. Uh, we could have salvaged it out. And you, know, you make those kind of mistakes against a better team, you're not going to survive. And obviously they did not. Uh, it's, uh, it's not that unexpected against a team that I thought, especially at this stage of the proceeding, was vastly better. In all elements of the game, better on offense, better on defense, better out of the pen. Um, I, I just didn't think the Yankees had much of a chance against the Astros. Again, I thought I'd win a game, maybe two. I did not think that they could swap, but it doesn't take much to get swept when things are going bad. Like you said three-run homer there, uh, error there, big hit here.
0: Next thing you know, you're home. The Astros took advantage. Seemingly of every single mistake the Yankees made, and the Yankees couldn't even come close to reversing that and doing it for the small mistakes Houston made. The biggest one was when their pitcher fell on his ass, threw the ball away, and they happened to score two runs in game two. Exactly. And they wouldn't have scored otherwise. That was the offense, hoping that the pitcher would throw it to the outfield. It was just... Misery after misery. If he just gets, if he just gets one out there at second, if he or just first, falls and and that's it, he just gets up and brushes off his pants. Okay, my fault, and gets the next guy. That's it. It's right. Over. If
1: it, he, they probably don't
0: score. He just doesn't. Th- if he just holds on to the ball, just falls down and then gets up. Right. My fault. Right. Slipped. Yeah. On the next. Yep. Just Let me go blow with it. Let me go blow with the next three guys. Absolutely dismal. And you're right. I didn't think that they'd beat them. They had to play perfect baseball, but when you're a fan, you keep your fingers crossed and you hope, but you hope they'll at least get something, a win, two wins, something, and it was just a disaster, and I have to hand it to the Yes Postgame crew. I'm sure you were carrying on with your life as you should have after subjecting yourself to those games if you were, but Jack Curry, John Flaherty, a special Michael K., the voice of the Yankees ripping those assholes after the games rightly so decisions from boone what are you doing this for what are you doing that for and then there's stupid post-game reasonings for it they were very harsh critics speaking for the fans and i thought it was nice it was refreshing to hear because that's the yankees network it's gonna get back to everybody that they're saying x y and z but they didn't hold back and they shouldn't have because that's the kind of season it was and that's the kind of season it is for baseball fans. There's going to be one happy fan base when all this dust settles. For us other fools that sit through 162 games, tooth and nail, edge of your seat, living and dying by every pitch, hoping to get to October, and then do the same thing in the highest stakes of a postseason. When it all comes crashing down at the end for a brief moment, you think, the hell am I doing this for? <laughs> You know, you're a football fan and you have the NFL playoffs and they're obviously very stressful, et cetera. But it's one game. It's one game. You win the division game, great. You win the championship game, great. You win the Super Bowl, great. You don't even get all the way to a four-game set sometimes. Same in college. You got to win two games to win your postseason. Congratulations. Doesn't even get you through the wild card now in baseball. It's rough. Look, it's, it's the hardest in baseball because you have the most invested. But we love it.
1: That's it's, the hard it's, part. It's, the season's and the, the longest. The season's the longest. And it's with you every night. That's why it's so hard when there's no baseball. When when baseball's gone, it seems like you've lost your nightly companion.
0: And leave it to baseball. They had a good thing going. And the series ended so soon that all this past week, when there was nothing on, garbage Monday night football, you could view it somewhat garbage Thursday night football. They had a great opportunity to take the center of the stage and they weren't
1: playing. Well, that you can't blame again, as, as as, pissed off as you are about it is they do have to, they do have to make plans for one of the, forget both for one of the series to go six or Shoot. seven games,
0: carry your weight,
1: the other and series. They have, and they have, and they have to finalize, you know, where, where teams are going to be, you know, hotels, TV, et cetera. Yep. Actually, TV. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Period. TV, TV, TV. Okay. But scheduling, hotels, travel, families, et cetera. Here's where where we're going to be. All right. Here's when we're going to start. And we know we're going to start in the American League City. Because they're going to have home field. Because they're going to have a better record. All right. So that's where we're going to start. We know that. So let's start with that. Okay, it's either going to be in New York or it's going to be in Houston. And then both series fly in four and five. And you got a lot of extra time time on your hands. The good thing is, you know, we won't have to deal with any crappy New York weather. Um, Not that Philly's that much better. And so far, the Philly weather looks okay. It doesn't look like it's going to be cold. Uh, So that's a good sign because that's always one thing that bothers me is crappy weather in a World Series. When you get games delayed, when you get games in 40-degree you know, weather, can't stand that. Don't like I don't like seeing baseball. Didn't like playing it in that weather, and I played plenty of it because uh, it's hard to play in that weather. It's, you know, I know guys go out there in zero degrees and, and, and play football, and that's got to be brutal.
0: But it's hard playing baseball in 40-degree weather. It really is. It's cold, man. It's cold. most important games in the worst atmosphere, not great. Heat wave though in New York, Al coming up. I mean, it would have been nice to have some baseball in the city, yep. be in the '60s yep. for all week. Yep, yep, yep. I know you didn't but get to it, watch it, this game.
1: It'll, it'll be that way in Philly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it travels. I know you didn't get to watch this game because you're not blessed with Amazon Prime and you've missed. Nothing I don't have
1: a good fortune on Thursday I don't have night game.
0: You've missed nothing. Good Unfortunately, tonight would come where you would miss your Baltimore Ravens play, and they were fortunate enough to take down the Tampa Bay Bucks. They now improve to five and three, 27, 22 bucks dropped to three and five. This is the first time in Tom Brady's 23 year NFL career. He's two games under 500. And for his division, the winner of the two and five Panthers and three and four Falcons will be in first place of the NFC South this upcoming Sunday. Watching Tom Brady play football this season Is twofold. As a Tom Brady hater, as a Broncos fan, as Tom Brady haters around the NFL, as fans who had to watch him beat their teams year after year after decade, this is a moment to relish in because he's done the exact thing so many people said they hoped he wouldn't do, which was stay too long. He retired, he was riding off into the sunset. He had one Super Bowl appearance that he unfortunately lost, but they got there. Stupendous. They won a Super Bowl before that. Stupendous. What more can you do, Tom? It's time. A couple different things could have happened. One being Adam Schefter as the one to break his retirement. One being what's happening in his personal and family life that made him not want to do retirement. Whatever it was that made him want to come back. He decided he needed to play more football, and it's been an unmitigated disaster.
1: I told you it was time. Who said on this program it was time? Yeah. Who said it's the right decision at the right time. He's done everything he can do. He went out playing well. Yes, they lost, but he went out playing well. Rallying them from a huge deficit, showing he still had it. After he's won a championship there, you can't win every year. You want to be with your kids. Spend more time with the family. Now is the time to watch them play.
0: Running it back rarely works. Never works. They were very Never excited works. about doing Never that works. with the Bucs. Don't do it. Never works. Never works. Never works. We're going to run it back.
1: Everyone wants to run it back. And you, you ran it back and you had a good season last year. Went to the postseason. Had a lot of injuries. You played terrific. Not good enough. You push your luck. You push, your luck. That's the bottom line. And you pushed it a little too far this time. Because they're mediocre. um, in, In as bad a division as there's been in recent memory. Recent memory. Because I don't know if a team in this, I, nine and eight wins this division for sure. Will a team get to nine
0: and eight in this division? That's going to be the question that we have to find an answer to. You know, I think, you, I, does the schedule permit them to, right?
1: They don't play each other enough to preclude them a division winner from being eight and nine. You could win this division at eight and nine. Atlanta's awful. New Orleans is awful. They play the AFC North, which means you got to play Cincinnati, you got to play Baltimore, you got to play the Browns, and you got to play Pittsburgh, who's still competitive. You eight and nine may win this division. They lost
0: to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Al. Carolina's awful. Awful. They lost to the Panthers, who were supposedly going to be rebuilding after they got rid of one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Rebuild. (laughs) He scored three points. It is tough to watch when you're used to seeing Tom Brady beat Tom Brady. And it's just not there anymore. And I know one of the headlines, again, lucky for you, you didn't have to subject yourself to this game. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbst, were talking about him not having chemistry with the wide receivers and needed some time. He's been playing with these dudes for two and a half years. What do you need chemistry for? What chemistry? They're the They're same, the same guys, guys out there, man. And he's screaming at them. Mike Evans has been with him since he's been there. Godwin's been there
1: and is back from Godwin's back from injury, right?
0: Yeah, he played tonight. Fournette's been your running back the whole time. Who's the, who, who's the fast little guy? Scott Miller. Scotty Miller's out there running around. He's back, right? Julio Jones has had an incredible NFL career. I'm sure he could but, but, still run a route.
1: But but Scott Miller was with him since he got he was out last year, right? He Missed right. most of the last year with injuries. But he was there. He was there within the first year. Yeah. So, you know,
0: you can miss some preseason. You could go to Robert Kraft's wedding on a Friday night. You could do X, Y, and Z to not be with the team all the time. You still shouldn't be playing this shitty. It's the same dudes out there and they're good players. He's missing throws. He's skipping throws. I don't want to hear about the lack of chemistry. No. Don't want to hear. That's not it. Don't want to hear. They just don't have it. He just doesn't have it. Todd Bowles doesn't have it. I can't believe he's still coming to these games. Just go home, man. Pull an Antonio Brown, your former teammate. Just leave at halftime. Get out of there. Go find Giselle before Antonio Brown does. On another note, I don't know why he would subject himself to this. This is the stories that I've heard from quarterbacks of your generation that my generation doesn't even remember happened. We just think Joe Montana was on the 49ers for his whole career. We don't remember after that. We don't know the stories of the baseball players that played one season with some random team limping around in the outfield like Willie Mays. We don't remember that. We just think giants quarterbacks. We just think team X, team Y. We don't know. There was the one or two seasons where they thought they quote unquote, still had it. And they just got swept away to some random team. And you look at their Wikipedia page one day and go, Jesus, Jerry Rice played for the Seattle Seahawks. What, what happened there? (laughs) You know, and I should preface this as I'm sure you could add to it. Joe Montana did leave the Chiefs to the post. Correct. Not the best example, but I I think people are thinking he's been a 49er his whole life. He went to the Chiefs? What? This isn't going to be something that people forget because there were two years of success. Tom Brady doesn't need Belichick. This is it. What a great
1: career. There's so much... Extra coverage of everything now. Now Social there's so media much
0: swirling around this
1: year, Al. Everywhere, My all the time. Goodness. Everything he does is covered left and right. Every time he takes his helmet off, the question is, is he going to throw it down or set it down? Right. Uh, Who
0: is he going to scream at next? Is he throwing the tablet this time or is he just looking yeah. at the plays?
1: Right. Is he, is he gonna throw, what's he going to throw besides the ball next? So uh, and he, it's clearly wearing on him. The frustration of the lack of success was something he is not used to. Uh, something he didn't, obviously, he didn't have to battle in New England. But you know, you always have to battle uh, failure. But there wasn't failure, other than not winning a Super Bowl. They're always in the playoffs. They're always successful. They would just fall short. Now they're struggling. Period. They're not very good. And the question is, uh, can they rebound and turn the failure into something of a success where they can compete for the postseason? Not, get, not, not compete in the postseason, but compete to get to the postseason. Because right now they look like you know, they're the class of the division, which doesn't say anything. Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, think about that, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. Let that marinate on you, the quality of those three teams. And they're no longer a shoo-in to win the division. Carolina, the Falcons, the Saints, that's their competition in the AFC South. Marcus Mariota. Andy Dalton. <laughs> and exactly who is the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers?
0: Well, it's not Baker Mayfield anymore. PJ Walker. Heard, who? who is it? PJ Walker. Is that his name? I don't know. Because Mayfield's hurt.
1: And Sam, I am is her, right?
0: Yep. PJ Walker, I believe XFL fame or AFL fame. I wouldn't call it fame. I wouldn't
1: call it fame.
0: Hey, he beat Tom Brady last week. PJ Walker. Okay. The the NFC South is so bad. The Broncos would be one game out of first if they were in that division.
1: I can't get over how bad that division's become.
0: And there's Led been bad divisions.
1: Obviously we, we talked about the AFC or the uh the NFC at least with how bad the East has been. But you know, at least you had Dallas, you know, getting to nine and seven, okay, or ten and seven. And the Eagles, you know, five hundred or a little better. And now obviously the Eagles are much better and you know Dallas is solid. Um the Giants are somehow six and one. Help me, please, America, help me. Um, but this division is its crap. It's total and <laughs> complete crap. It's a nightmare. So uh, that's the division that they are the class of. That's what they've got to be to make the postseason. So they still have plenty of chances to write the ship to get into the postseason. Because nine and eight gets you in in that division.
0: Yeah. Biden is the division winner. But as of now, It's low times in Tampa, low tide for the Bucks. Great win for the Ravens. They lead their division in the AFC North. Speaking of, look, I'll I'll, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, they've lost. They've lost so many games this year that they should have won. The giant game was literally given away by Lamar given away. And the offensive coordinator with the play calling, you know, down around the goal line and Lamar who's just terrible decision-making Gave the game away, and you know obviously you had the defensive collapse against the Dolphins, and they didn't score in the second half against the Bills, with some bad play calling, some bad, terrible not bad, some awful decision making by the quarterback and the coach. You know again they could easily be seven and one, six and two at the worst. You know, the giant game was—they thoroughly dominated the giant game. The comeback was gifted to the Giants. Um, the game should have been put away earlier in the game, and the turnovers cost them the game. Cost them the game. Turnovers and penalties. Uh, but you know, they're back to five and three. Hopefully, it's the start of something good, uh, and they get a little momentum going. But we'll see. you know, it, it's. They, they lost Mark Andrews tonight to an injury. Looked like a shoulder injury. Uh, but their rookie tight end came up big, uh, which is another receiver. I'm waiting to see when the mercurial one, Sean, Deshaun Jackson, is going to be available because they signed him. Uh, I just want to see him go deep. I just want to see him go deep. Right, just run. Send him flying down. He, he gets open for anybody, everybody else at, at 35. Can he get open for us?
0: Either run to get open or run to block. There'll be either somebody behind you running or look up and catch the football. Should be exciting for them. Great win. Much needed, as you mentioned. And we'll talk more football next time we're around because there's a lot of interesting storylines we didn't expect, like the NFC least not being such with the Eagles and Giants taking over football. Aaron Rodgers trying to play just as bad as Tom Brady is with the Bucks, And Geno Smith leading the way in the NFC West. And the Denver Broncos being one of the worst teams in the National Football League, and Russell Wilson admitting to the world that during an eight-hour flight to London, he decided to do high knees and other exercises in the aisle while the team around him supposedly was asleep. You think it was easy to sleep while this asshole's running up and down the aisle trying to get his legs going? Sit down, you whack job! More on that. Al. it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. <laughs> Folks, with my
1: partner, the great John Tiny, Lund, i El Renato, AKL from White Plains. You have a great sports weekend. Enjoy the World Series, everybody.
0: We'll be back at 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well, or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.